0: Coming up on Honey on My Lips. How can I find a beloved? How can I get a beloved of my choice? It's a long message. But by being the right beloved yourself.
1: on my lips the psalmist said in psalm 19 verse 10 about the word of god that it is sweeter than honey Join Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward-Mills.
2: Life has a way of dishing out to us things that we did not expect. Sometimes it's a dream that seems to be delayed. Many times you see a man, you know, he has a good job, he's a cool dude, his suit is smart. And you think, when I marry him, everything will be together. The unexpected is unexpected from our perspective, but from God's perspective, it is not unexpected.
1: On Sweet Melodies 94.3, as she puts the honey of God's word on your lips, equipping you for all facets of life this and every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Honey on my lips will change your life, wish good news to the poor, set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, bring recovery of sight to the blind and proclaim God's year of jubilee. Honey on my lips. mmm. Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Sweet Melodies. Be blessed by God as you tune in to Lady
2: Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills. Praise the Lord and welcome to the question and answer segment of this program. I realized during my conferences and even after that we all come and we have questions, we have dilemmas, and we have issues. Everybody has issues, no matter who you are. The woman with the issue of blood was not the only woman with issues. Hers was an issue of blood, but we have issues in all our lives. And I am no wise sage, or any super woman, but I know by experience. For the Bible says I have learned by experience, you know. So I know by experience that the Bible has the answer, that the Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path in a very dark and dreary world. And it is the counsel of God that by his grace I seek to bring to the people of God. I have no wisdom of my own, but only the wisdom that comes from above and the wisdom that comes from the word of God. Therefore, let us just relax, trust in the Holy Spirit to bring us answers, trust in the Holy Spirit to be a wonderful counselor in this segment, and trust God to bring us answers. Beloved, I am not the answer. Jesus is the answer.
3: Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other, because Jesus is the way. The way. Jesus is the way mm-hmm. Let me tell you Jesus is the answer For the world today Above and there's no other
4: Jesus is the way
3: Sing it Sandra You cannot fly. I know your skies are dark. You think the sun won't shine. In case you don't know, but the word of God is true, and everything He's promised, He will do it for you. That's the reason I say Jesus is.
2: as you listen.
0: Father, your word says that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Provide light for our path and be a lamp. Show us the way through your word and your counsel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What do you do when your husband is not impressed with anything you do and also does not respect you? I think that With some of the problems, especially if it has become chronic and it has become an SOS situation, then you may have to look for somebody your husband respects who can talk to him, that he will listen. Either his pastor or whoever is over him may be able to speak to him so that at least he will respect you. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 5, That husbands love your wives and says that they should honor and cherish their wives. So to honor is to respect and to cherish is to hold dear above everything else. So maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. (laughs) When Jesus said forgive them for they don't know what they are doing, it's not that they don't know that they are killing him. But they don't know the depths and the implications and all that of what they are doing. So, but I think that if you can speak to him, I don't know whether he will listen, because from the way you are saying it, maybe he has stopped listening to you. And then also the fact that he's not impressed with anything you do. I have always said that when you are criticized, look in yourself and see. Even if 1% is true, decide that I'm going to work on the 1% to become perfect. Maybe your fault is 1% and the person has made it 90. You take the 1% and work on it. But we should also not find our identity in how people define you. So I will advise you to get the message on identity crisis. It's a long play. But I get amazed at how many women I always have to speak to about having self-esteem, not seeing themselves the way the world sees them, not seeing themselves the way a man sees them, because Sometimes when things are not going well, their spouses say terrible things to them. You are a slut, you are a useless woman, I regret marrying you. But if you go back to the mirror of the word and you look in it, you will see that God doesn't have any word like useless. He says you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus and to good works, which God has before ordained that you must walk in it. And also you can't control somebody's tongue and somebody's description about you. But you can control the faith you have in the words of men. Amen. Amen. And Jesus knew how deadly it was to define himself by men. So he said, who do men say that I am? And, And the disciples said, some say you are Elijah. Some say you are one of the prophets. And some say you are something else. So even one man being described. Three different descriptions. Elijah, an old prophet, and then John the Baptist. So, which one should he accept? You can't go by what men say. You must go by what the book says. That's why I was so excited when I came and he said, I know who I am. <laughs> Amen? That's why I like that song. And even in the past week, I've dealt with so many, in the past month, so many instances of young ladies who have been left broken up, and then one of them will say, I can't live without him. I understand how she feels. Because there's a certain unbeliever song that says the first love is the deep, first cut is the deepest, so I understand. But I said to her, okay, when did you meet your beloved? And she said, I think last year. And I said, which year are you in I She said, "Final year. I said, so from the cradle when your mother got gave best to you up to the were you not living did you not have a life were you not somebody and is that not even the reason why he found you so you cannot define yourself by how people treat you but many women do that if they are coming to a, a room filled like this they are looking to everybody to see do they approve of me are they looking at me are they smiling hey why be happy you came you came and you know who you are amen ladies We define ourselves by what we've heard in in childhood. Some people have been told, your head is big, your this is this. Some people have told me that because of that, they have grown up with it. My head is big, my nose is big, my this is this. When they are in school, nobody notices it. Or when they were in school, they were called this. And then when they left, they became something else. They couldn't believe that they could be celebrated like that. So you can't go by what man says. Today, man says you are good, but he says you are bad. Today, he says this. He says, hey, you must look into the perfect law of liberty. And you must know who you are. You are not what you do. You are not what you do. Yes, you are a lady reverend, but that is not what gives you your identity in Christ. It's something you do. But you must know what you are. It is more important to be than to do. Amen? Because so many things can change. If later on your portfolio changes, oh, I've lost my self-worth. I thought you were more important than the things you do. The fact that you are a bank manager, of course, it's part of the things you do, but that is not the root of who you are. So if you stop working in the bank, you become redundant. It doesn't make you useless, uh, unproductive, and all that, because you are what you are in Christ. And as women, we hear so many negative things. Sometimes you are even doing your best and you are describing something else. I have some of the most lovely friends. You may say, I don't live with them, but from what I know and what I see even in their homes, and the descriptions that sometimes the men in their lives will give to them. And I tell them, you know, sometimes people just want to feel good. Because when maybe you continue to do what is right, you accentuate how far they are from the mark. So they start to face you. You are this, you are that, so that you come at par. You know, so sometimes male inferiority complex. You know, so you don't have to let that define who you are. If people say, oh, you are not a nice girl, then you say, I'm not a nice girl. But what is nice? The people who are called nice. Sometimes, can't you see the fashion parade, the things they wear, they say it's nice. Look, everybody's definition is different, but the master's definition about you never changes. And it is something I want to drum home even to young girls, before they even start life. They must know who they are in Christ. Yes, the Bible says marriage is honorable. So yes, you are Mrs. This. What it does is that it adds to your status, but it doesn't diminish or add to who you are who you are. So if you are single, you are not married, it doesn't make you less of a human being. Amen. Some of the married people they will trade places with you any day except for the word of the Lord. So that cannot be your identity. Amen. You are who God says you are. But the problem is you don't even know the Bible to know who you are. So that's the problem. So go back and look into the mirror of the word, so that you know who you are. Amen. Sometimes you are a pastor's wife. Everybody has different expectations of you. Some people say a pastor's wife should cover her head with scarf. So if you go into such a congregation, you failed. You are not up to the mark. So you are going to change because, OK, so now you wear a scarf. Then some people say, oh, but pastor's wife should be a bit uh, fashionable. What is this that you have done? And I say, okay, in this setting, then I'll change. And I'll show my hair. And I say, oh, a woman should not pray with her head covered. Then now you become Amalia. Which one are you? <laughs> you have to know who you are in Christ so that you'll be consistent with it. Identity crisis is the message you are looking for. Amen. Amen. Hello, Mom. I'm really in love with you. Please, hey, these days... <laughs> Love believes the best, I receive it. <laughs> Please, I need that God-given wisdom and humanity, humility impartation. May the Lord do for you what you desire. How can I find a beloved? How can I get a beloved of my choice? It's a long message. But by being the right beloved yourself. The city sound that how to be marriageable. How to be found. So many messages. Do you understand your marriage vows? Seven realities of marriage. You need all that to know how to be found. Is there? But if I'm to preach now, we'll close in the evening. So please, go find the message. Amen. And in the message, um, I have more time to speak to you, how to be found. One of the things I say is go to places where there are people. Some of you are too antisocial. And also unapproachable. Whenever they close church, you have your bag. When you see a brother you don't know, he says, hi, sister. Hi. Do I know you somewhere? No. No i mean in soft and small. Amen. And the fact that he's being chummy, chummy with you, it doesn't mean he's interested in you. But usually it's in friends and in friendship. And you marry your friend. That's where you are likely to find somebody. So just be nice to everybody. But don't be also so nice that, is it him? 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 So relax. And then also, it's all on the on the on the on the mess- in the messages. And then also when you meet somebody, don't strike the person off your list immediately. Oh, I don't want a bald man, he's out. I don't want a man with a tribal mark, he's out. I don't ma- want a man who picks his nose. He's out. But you see this picker of the nose, somebody will take him and refine him nicely. And the way you see, you say, hey, Charlie, the guy is suave. Somebody did the work. So you to do some. Amen ladies! So how to be found, how to be marriageable. Um, So many messages I cannot even remember. If you play a vital role in your church, that helps the man of God in ministry. But the wife is against it and fights you for doing your part. And she will not do that work. You see, the Sarah phrases here. You should just have said, the wife is against you and fights you for doing your part. But you have added, And she will not do that work too, you see. We are somewhere. You, the person doing the work, what should you do? Should I leave the church so there will be peace? Women are very, 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 very unreasonable. And when something is not us, we don't feel for the other person. So yes, you are doing the work, but do it in the right way. What are you doing that is making the wife fight you. Amen. But usually we have an attitude. And we have a way. You see, I heard uh, Bishop T.D. Jake's wife preach that. She has come to accept that sometimes the church members will treat her as a flower pot when they are talking to her husband. She's standing by him, but they won't greet him. They won't mind him. And then those, hey, pastor, when you, did hey, yes, you didn't see the wife standing by and you have a personal vendetta with her. Because actually you would like to be on her seat. Actually. Actually. So there are all these undercurrents sometimes. So, and the best thing is, the Bible says, lie not against the truth. You see, accept the truth. And sometimes you feel that, yes, you are close to the man of God. And you see the wife in your heart as your rival. So that also affects your attitude. You see, even, you are right, and she won't do the work too. So you feel that you are more important to the man of God in the ministry than his wife. But let me tell you something. There are many things you don't see. There are many things you don't see that are hidden. You can't use church work to to assess the value of a man's wife. Do you know what she goes through? You have no idea. You have no idea. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. All you see is what the eye can see. You think that she just comes in and she sits in front. But many times she cannot talk to her husband because of you. Because she sacrifices for you so that you will have access to the husband. Many things that are painful to her. She has no shoulder to cry on because she has given that shoulder as an offering to you. So many unseen sacrifices. That's why I say that it's only heaven that will reveal the rewards of pastor's wife. Only heaven. Only heaven. And I can see from what you've written that you see her as your co And I can see that... Let me tell you something. If maybe you have the opportunity to sit on that seat for just one day, you won't survive. You will not. Because even this small one, look at your manifestation. Multiply it by 1,500 branches. How will you behave? Tell me, how will you behave? If I were you, I'll go to the pastor's wife and I'll say, I see that you are not happy with me. I won't go to her through her husband. And I won't report her through her husband to bring confusion and division in the church. And then after that you have the option of leaving, but she, she has to stay because she's a wife, isn't it? You you are considering leaving. This small fire that you've seen. Remember that she she cannot go. She has nowhere to go. By you, you have that uh, option. Now, just the pastor's wife, should you leave the church? Multiply it by 5,000 members. What will you do? So if I were you, I'll go to the pastor's wife and say, "Eh, um, Mommy, I'm sure you don't call her that. So just call her Mrs. Osimesing. I can see that there's no flow between us. Mommy, please. What can I do to make our flow better? Or what am I doing that you would like to talk to me about? And remember, the seeds that you sow will come back to you. I've seen it as a pastor many times. A sister went out with her best friend's beloved after. I was having a debate with the male pastors. They said, well, their sister left him. So if their best friend has gone for him, they see him. But I said, well, I'm a woman, and I'll not pretend to you that I think otherwise. Because when you are my best friend, I've told you everything. I've shared everything with you. But then my husband said, but she, she left him. You have left him in the marketplace. Then somebody to her, I said, no. The loyalty of... So then the aggrieved sister was talking to me. So I called this best friend, and I said, you know, do you even feel safe in your relationship with a person because of all that has gone on? So, Auntie Mamie, I don't see there's anything wrong. I mean, she doesn't like, and then I like, da-da-da. So anyway, their friendship sort of ended. It came to pass that the man left his best friend and went back. My roommate always says, as for you, the things you've seen and experienced, you should write stories. Because it's too real. And then this best friend came crying to me, oh, you know me too, I made her cry well. I gave her a nice hunky, Then I said, we will remember, we will remember, we will remember the work of your hand. and we will sing, and give you
4: praise, for praise is faithfulness.
0: I was not rejoicing at evil. But I answered, do you remember? No, but is it the same? I said, it's the same. It's the same. It really hurts her. But you see, I'm also her pastor. So I have to help her to heal. But I reminded her. And I said, we women are hypocrites. When it's us, then we say, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's just this. Oh, it's... But when the thing comes to your courtyard, then you say, it's not a good thing. So sometimes put yourself in your pastor's wife's shoes. And know that it's not easy. And even if she's some way, love never fails. Walk in love towards her. You win when you do that. And plant the right seeds. Because one day you will also be somebody's wife. Try. Plant the right seeds because you never know. Galatians 6 verse 9. Do not be deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. So please, we are not against you but we have seen the likes of you and always remember that you can never know what a pastor's wife is going through or what she does to make it possible for him to be there to minister to you. You have no idea. Okay. So when you, are, you have issues with her, be compassionate and be merciful. How can you pray when you have a revelation that your marriage is under the attack of the enemy? The Bible says in James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near unto you. So yes, when you pray, use the name of Jesus. Fight a good battle. Amen? Use the blood. There are different weapons that Christians have, use it to fight, and when you have fought, God himself will take over and fight for you, amen. Sometimes, too, you have a vision that your marriage is under attack, but sometimes it's because we are filled with fear and uncertainty. Sometimes, not even what has happened to you, but what has happened to others can make you afraid and can make you anticipate certain things, so also cast out the spirit of fear, So that it will not have a hold over you. Amen. How do I know that my husband to be is from God? The Bible says by their fruits you know them. So choose a man who is born again. And a man who fears God. And I hope you yourself are born again. I've been dreaming of the devil preventing me from marrying. I don't know how you can dream that. (laughs) But... You need to be delivered. And as a Christian, the word of God, like I quoted said, resists the devil. And also another way of getting rid of demons in our lives is by the word of God. But when Jesus was preaching, the demons started to shout and to come out of people and to say, why have you come to torment us before our time? So the word of God in your heart will also drive out evil spirits in your life. So fill your heart with God's word. Meditate on the word, have personal Bible study, and listen to the word all the time. Be under the influence of the anointing, and things will affect you. You are listening to Honey on My Lips with Lady
1: Reverend Adelaide Howard Mills. Stay tuned in. How are you defined? By your looks? Whose wife you are? What dress size you are? What you heard growing up? out how God defines you and what your true identity is. In this epic, Holy Ghost-filled message, Identity Crisis, you can know who you are and walk in God's purpose for your life. This and many other messages from Lady Reverend at Lady Wood Mills can be purchased from the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh Lighthouse Chapel International, North Kaneshi, or place your orders at firstladyatdagwoodmills.org.
0: Welcome back. Please, Lady Reverend, can you be in a relationship with someone who is nine years older than you? Of course. I'm 22 and he's 31. It depends on you. Some people say he will grow far older than you. That's my auntie I was telling you about that, so she has my different She So when you marry an old man, every day he's sleeping. When you say, let's go, he says he's tired. Let's go and dance. He says, I can't go. So it depends, but... There's no hard and fast rule, especially since you are the woman, I presume. Since you are the woman, and he is the man. Some people also say that when you marry a man far older, he treats you like his child. When you say everything, he says, you are not serious, you are a child. <laughs> is, that, is that your opinion? Why are you saying that? Keep quiet, I'm more experienced. So it depends on the person and the sort of arrangement you have. My parents were 18 years apart. And I think they had a great marriage, almost 50 years of marriage, you know, so it depends, okay. Getting to the end, my father said, my mother used to be softer than than when he married her. And my mother said, yes, I've attended your school, I've graduated with honors. But now, my mom does not want me to marry a black man. She wants me to marry a white man. And I've already met someone who is a black man. How can I convince my mom he's the right man? Anyway, the most important thing, number one, is not white or black. It's whether the person knows God or not. So that's important. And then I don't know the reason for your mother's advice. But we have this false notion that when you marry a white man, he's more romantic and he takes better care of you. But from my pastoral experience of all our church members in all the European countries, it's not easy for them. And one of them, she was married to a white man, she's now married to a black man. So when I met her, I said, how is it? Me (laughs) nims are white, no you, it's black for you. So, and some of the problems I have come across is, I mean, weird things, perversion, Somebody locks himself up with the internet, pornography. never comes out to talk to his wife. Weird behavior. Weird, 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 weird. And a number of them, so don't think that's anywhere cool. Because he's white and he has money and he's bought you a car. And there's more to it than all these things. Okay? So go by God's laws, um, God's counsel. What does God say? Please go to the message stand. Because I wish I could spend all the time teaching you, but I've already done it. the messages. Amen. And it's not a private business. Not even a penny comes to me. Or Shelley. When you are with people who also have negative things to say about you, but you hear the Lord telling you to be still and know that I'm God, but you can't stand the pressure of rejection. What do you do? You don't expose yourself too much to something you cannot stand. So if it is possible, don't move with that crowd that constantly rejects you. Okay. How do you manage a husband? Hey, manage, who seems not to be interested in what you wear, or does not seem to be attentive or appreciative? This is a problem I would laugh at if you called me. <laughs> you know, it's true that maybe your husband should notice you. But one of our members in Europe, she said that every time she dressed, her husband doesn't see. When she wears it, he doesn't see. So one day she came home and. She asked him, I bought these new shoes. What do you think? And the guy was on his computer or whatever, so he just turns and he said, oh, they are very nice. And she said, do you like the heel size? So it's very good. Then she said, you know something? I'm not even wearing shoes. <laughs> I'm barefoot. And I didn't buy any shoes. But you are so busy, you don't even want to look. Guess what? The man rose up and said, you are a very bad woman. <laughs> With a very bad mind. Why do you tempt me? Even God says he should not be tempted. <laughs> and you are very disrespectful. So, she narrated the story. And the husband was there. He was one of our pastors. And I said, look, instead of humbling yourself and saying sorry, you are using to say that when you are shazi and you have shocked. And you have lied also. So repent in sackcloth and ashes. So forgive, forgive. <laughs> so it is also natural for your husband to get used to you and to your dress. It's not right, but it's natural. And it's natural for him to only comment when he doesn't like your dressing. So when he doesn't like it, you will know. But when he likes it, you won't know. So take it that when he doesn't talk, he likes it. And then also, some husbands have very poor taste. So, maybe, he doesn't even know. (laughs) So, sometimes, you just have to be happy in yourself. And your girlfriends and other people will tell you how wonderful you look. What happens is that... What happens is that we get used to each other. And my husband told me that, well, women also don't notice when their husbands are looking nice. I said, really? What a shock. He said that when they cut their hair, they tell me. Their wives don't see. When they shave, their wives don't see. So you too, you are guilty. So change. Amen. You think everybody doesn't have a problem, eh? Please, must I tell my husband when I marry? Sorry. When he rather is guilty. You are thinking ahead, eh? Since men are not ready to accept their mistakes, how do you know? You are not married. Or you are a living, you are an abide with me. Abide with me is you are abiding with the person, but you are not married to him. Abide with me. Since it's God's favor, that gives one a good marriage. Will God give me a man I want for a husband if I ask him to? After he has answered, what do I do? Look, all your answers are on how to be marriageable. But... You cannot also name and claim and take somebody's husband. God doesn't answer such prayers. Fred Price once wrote a book and said that somebody in his church saw a married man and said that I claim you as my husband in Jesus' name. He's somebody's husband, you know. So you have to be careful about that. And also, don't be so obsessed with when a man and I will marry and da, da, da. yes, marriage is a great thing, but it is not an all-in-all. Okay, Christ is what is all in all. Yeah. So when you raise your expectations so much and you get reality, you say, but it's marriage. Amen. So don't super imagine what marriage is. The Bible says marriage is honorable. So accept it from that place. And rather work on being a godly woman. When you are a godly woman, all these things will fall into place. Amen. I've been in a relationship with a man who was married. And I didn't know you are lying. Most of us know, but we don't want to know. Okay? I met a friend of mine, and she was telling me the same story, but she was an unbeliever. She said, I didn't know. Yeah? And one day she was there, the wife sent her a text message. She was my friend in Lagos. and she was related to me. I tell you. Sent me a text message that I know you very well. And meanwhile, she had been seeing the wife in traffic, and she felt that the wife didn't know her. The wife knew her fully. So one day she was in her house. When the gate started to rattle, and she decided to go to the gate. When she went, there was this room. And she said, I opened the gate for me. I want one or two things. <laughs> she said the gate was open. She ran. She ran. She ran. <laughs> she ran to her bedroom. The woman came there because she was living alone. <laughs> what is she coming to do? Then she went into the wardrobe of the bedroom. <laughs> it's a true story. And then the woman started to curse her with Akunedi. I've taken you to Akunedi. You shall never be this. You will be this. So the reason why she had come to see me is that you have been preaching to me since Lagos. Now this is what has happened. Please remove the case. (laughs) That I even got into all the story. So it's not worth dating a married man. He will always be telling you how nasty his wife is and how he can't wait to get out of the marriage. Please, you are just a statistic. (laughs) Okay? He forced me to have sex with him a few days ago. And I got to know of his wife and children only yesterday. <laughs> will God ever forgive me? God, you, you have not sinned only because you have slept with a married man, but because you have slept with somebody you are, non, you are not married to. So whether even if you were single, it would still be against God's word. But yes, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God will forgive you, but... You also have to forsake the things that you have done. And God will give you a new beginning. Amen. And even the fact that you feel sorry about it is a good thing. Mom, please, I argue or talk back anytime time my husband shows what should be done. I feel there's a better way to do it. Hey, you're probably choleric. Please help. I want to stop by grace. Okay. So now when he's talking, don't talk. Start to count. One, two. Not count that's finished quickly so that I'll say my own. But count that I'm going to listen and I'm going to cooperate with what he's saying before I say what I think. Don't be an instant opposition member. You can be that without knowing. You can, you can be that without being conscious. And that when he has finished speaking, go back into what he said and show him five reasons why what he said is very wise. Amen. He's He said, so now, from now, we should do this this way, and we should do this it can't be all 100% wrong. So, the 2% in it that is good, say, oh, I've always known that you are a very wise man. I'm not talking about flattery, I'm talking about praise and affirmation. And men need it to thrive. You see, so he said, well, I know that you are, I mean, since you said that we should put this here and do this, I think it's a wonderful idea. And I think we should go for it. When you say that, and then later you say that, but I thought that for here and here, we should just, he would take it because you agreed with him first. Okay. I agree on the way. Amen, lady. We are running to the finishing line. I also have to go and cook and do the things you also have to do, okay? My beloved and I kiss. Hey, he's a good guy. I feel bad whenever it happens. Anything that does not give you a clear conscience, it's sin. Should I break up the relationship? Not necessarily, but stop kissing. Ah, the next sentence. It's difficult to stop kissing. He didn't say it would be easy. Please help me. Please. Jesus said that they that will live godly on Christ Jesus shall suffer. suffer. So you need to keep your body under. The Bible talks about uncleanliness. So when you start kissing, who knows where it will end up. So please, in order to walk in purity, and also put things in place before you start being intimate, that this is not healthy, so we will not do one, two, three, and four. Not that when you are kissing, that you say, is kissing wrong in the midst of it. You will decide that, yes, let's continue. <laughs> so don't decide. Decide before. I learned this for relationships, that decide the markets and the boundaries before, so that you both know. Amen. The lord will help you to stay pure i've been married for a year now but one thing my husband has been doing is that at the end of a month he doesn't even bring one cd home he uses money to take care of his siblings and mom when i talk he tells me i'm insensitive and wicked please help me i don't know who your husband listens to but the bible says that he who does not take care of his own is worse than an infidel so your husband must take care of his home and then if there's anything extra he can do he should do by. He shouldn't deny his own children in looking after the extended family. That's not scripture. I don't know who your husband's pastor is. But I think if you cannot counsel him, a higher authority may have to counsel him. And maybe you should just give him a sum of money that he should give you every month. I don't know whether he will comply. Sometimes we see all these things before we marry, but somehow we think that it will change when we marry. That's the mistake. It never changes. Can a woman wear a pair of trousers, a Christian for that matter? Yes, I know you are quoting from Deuteronomy that a woman should not wear male things, but male trousers are sewn differently from female trousers. <laughs> if a man wears female trousers, he will see just now. And then also, we are not under the law, so we dress so that we will not cause others to stumble. But if you are saying we shouldn't wear trousers, that same chapter, you should not wear wool and, 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 and linen together. So when you wear a linen shirt and you wear 100%, uh, 90% polyester and wool, you have also sinned. It says you should build your house in a particular way. Bible says he who offends in one offense in all in the book of James. So we are not under the law. But under the New Testament, we are supposed to dress decently and modestly and as the temple of God. The mothers in church, some of us cannot even come to them for counseling. One even told me, ask her, she does not have any friend in the church and at home. Ah, Maybe it's like a mother in church who is pointing out to you that. Are you saying the mother doesn't have a friend in church and at home? (laughs) Please, the mothers in church, some of us cannot even come to them for counseling. One even told me, ask her, she does not have any friend in the church and at home. I don't really understand it, but at least in this church, we are divided into micro churches, cells, and all that. And you have pastors over you. And if it's a mother in church, a lady pastor, A pastor's wife that you want to talk to, you want to get to counsel you. You can see whoever is in charge of their schedule. Or you can walk up to them and talk to them. I am sure that they will be accessible to you. Amen. Only they may not say what you want them to say. They will say what the Bible wants them to say. How do you relate to your boss who is married and says he wants to be a friend to you? But then you think his intentions are not pure. Either you look for a new job, like Joseph ran. The Bible says flee youthful lusts. So either you look for a new job because the person, if he decides, can really make life hell for you. Sit on your promotion and all that. Or you can just say, oh, I, I, I please, with all due respect, I don't befriend my bosses. I just respect them, but I don't know what will come out of that. So you need wisdom but you must stand your ground as a Christian and not fall, amen. Because maybe when you say yes to the boss, you'll get a lot of favors. But after that, then what? I've been married for six months to a general overseer of a church. The ladies are troublesome. (laughs) How do I overcome petty, petty jealousy? And what should be the next step to my profession as a graduate from Central Uni? Um, it depends on what you want to do after graduating. You know, it depends on if you think that God has called you. It depends on the timing of God's calling and all that. So, I have some messages like how to rise in mini- rise up in ministry and all that. But you are saying that the ladies are troublesome. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is like fish which a man went to catch. When you catch fish, there's tilapia and there's cobi- tilapia and cobia are the same. <laughs> There's grouper, there's pangasius, there's snapper. There are different fish in the kingdom of God. So I think that a pastor's wife should pray for grace to manage all the types of fish. You know, because that is where God has called you to. And when you do that, you'll see that you have enriched your life. There are not many troublesome people in the church of God. There are many wonderful people in the church of God. It may be a few that spoil the the broth but i don't think that's a generalized thing and i i preach about it that in our lives there are people who are oppa and there are people who are naomi oppa goes with you half of the way because that's how far she wants to go with you ruth goes with you all the way to when you die when you are buried and all that so when you recognize your ruth you flow with her when you recognize your oppa you are nice to her up to the point she wants to come and then that's it so don't force Things that are not to be. Amen. God will give you enough people in your life. And also don't have an attitude that they are troublesome. Have an attitude that they are the body of Christ. The Bible says if you don't descend the body, death can strike you. And He was talking about the communion. He said because we don't descend the body. So descend that even if this is a little toe, it's still part of the body of Christ. And I must respect it and my duty. The Bible says, owe no man anything. Some of you, you owe for GTP, owe for Weavon, owe for... But it says, owe only love. Amen. How do we know the difference between being under a curse, carrying your cross, and behavioral effects? I should answer all now. When there's so much difficulty in your life, so many roadblocks, and things seem not to go well, how do you know what is causing it? I think that the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. So, don't be a, 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 a chief inspector. Is it this? Is it this? Is it? You won't know peace. But just acknowledge him in all your ways, and as much as lies within your power, walk in his word. And God himself will reveal so many things to you, and redeem you also. <laughs> Mom, please. I argue. Okay, say. Please, mommy, talk to us about short dresses in the house of God. It does break my heart. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. What does it say? 1 Timothy. I would that women adorn themselves, not with costly apparel, braiding of hair, or wearing of gold. 1 Peter 2, 9. There's also one in Timothy. And, uh, yeah. With shamefacedness, the Bible says, and so bright. Shamefacedness means you are wearing something. and you, you behave modestly, as if you, you, you dress modestly, as if you are a bit shy. You see, but with your dress up to here, Bishop. Bishop First Peter three nine. First Timothy two nine. Yeah, okay. Bishop Adi says that he doesn't know whether the cloth was not enough. That so when they bought the cloth, it wasn't enough, so he just stopped here. And the world has made so many dresses like that. And we also just go and follow. But your dress can be a good length and you still look smart. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. So yes, you say we should talk about short dresses. But I don't think it is only the duty of a pastor. It is the duty of you as a Christian to also confront your friend. In my time when we were growing up as Christians, another Christian could confront you and say, what are you wearing? What are you doing? Another Christian could meet you and say, what did you learn for your quiet time? Share it with me. I'll share mine with you. But now it's like everything is left to pastoral work, you know. And when a man is looking for a wife, he will he will sift between what is a kiosk and what is a temple of God. Thank you. Thank you. So if you are the temple of God, dress as such. And if you are a kiosk where everybody can buy the cleaner, the sweeper, the manager, the everybody can buy from you, then we we'll also come and buy. <laughs> Amen. So I think 1 Timothy 2:9, 1 Timothy 3:9, all that talk about dressing. So, our dressing is also important as Christian women. Please, can you live with a man before marriage? Because your mother and father died. Mercy. I'm sorry you still can't. Because the man is taking advantage of you. And you are paying in kind. There are other ways. You can live with other people, even other godly women. It doesn't have to be this way. So why don't you go and see your pastor's wife and talk to her or your lady pastor? There may be other ways. If you were in my church and you came to me with such a problem, there will be other ways of seeing you through without you living with a man who defiles you, takes advantage of you, and then looks after you. It is another refined form of prostitution. Amen. Which a lot of university students do. But it's not right. Amen. Is it normal for a young Christian or young woman to think about guys unconsciously? It's not normal Everyday boys are on your mind. This generation, you like chasing boys too much. The Bible says when a man has found a wife, not when a woman has found a husband. Amen. And I think that's because too much Americanization and watching of American movies and, and, and when I see the American movies, the boys are passing, the girls are standing by a, a locker. And when the boy passes, they say, Ooh, lust, what is that? <laughs> it is not part of us, it's true. And now we are imbibing it and thinking that that is life. Conscious, every day, there's a guy on your mind. And the painful thing is, he doesn't like you to. <laughs> Love must be mutual, not one-sided. You understand? And you are thinking about it because... You have read books and watched movies and you think that's how it is. That's not how it is. It's wrong and it's not helpful to you. So let me give you something to think about. Philippians 4:8. Whatever Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are love. Jesus is a man you can think about with no problems. Amen. As you are thinking about him, you are falling in love with him when there's no consensus. He has not agreed to fall in love with you. Then you go to get another sister in the church. Then now you see the sister, she could be lying and think, why? <laughs> it started from your thinking. So please, think about what is pure. Amen, somebody. Yeah. It's all in the messages. Is it normal for a young Christian or young woman to think about God? Okay, we have only about five left. Please, I've always been having a negative mind about people who proposed to me. And so I don't give them a chance. Uh, God was speaking to you. But it later dawns on me to go back to them. But it has become too late. Please, what do I do? It's too late. (laughs) The ones that are gone are gone. But change your attitude so that the ones that will come, you will behave rightly. And if the ones that are gone are not gone, you can try to be their friend. And see whether they will have the boldness to come back. What price must I pay to become someone like you? Oh, first of all, just be a good receiver of God's grace. And then, I think you have to just depend on God every day. And know that you can't do anything apart from the word. So when the word of God fills you and fills you and fills you, it will start to change you. And it takes many years. I don't think it's overnight I gave my life to Christ from the age of nine. I've walked with God. And in between, I tried also to become a guy, but it didn't work. You know, so there were some in-betweens. It's not like you're on this path, and then you're all out, and you really know. There are temptations all along the way. But the grace of God keeps you. And I think... The verse will be Isaiah 1:19. if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. So just be willing and obedient to the things of God, and I'm sure that God's grace will be available to you. Amen. How can you be a spiritual woman? This is a whole service, but I have a, a, a message like that. How to be spiritually attractive, okay? So how can you be a helpful woman to your husband in ministry and in his personal life? Inasmuch as as he allows you to help him. Do you understand the answer? You can help him, but you can help, help only the person who wants you to help him. So a lot of pastors' wives tell me they have frustrations. But whatever you see as helpful, you can also do to help your husband. Amen. It is not everything that I do, first of all, that is public. And there is not everything that I do that was assigned to me officially. I just saw a hole and I plugged it. I just saw something. and I said, oh, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And some of the things, I've gone back to my husband to say, why don't we do this? And uh, some of them, he has said, oh yeah, a lot of them, he has said, oh yeah, good idea. And I love him because when you give him an idea, he will take it to another level. that When you see, you won't know that it's begun from your small idea because it has become something else. You know? So I love him for that. The one I shared with my husband, he said, oh, it's a very good idea. Why don't you institutionalize it? And do this, before I know it, it has become a very powerful, because he always takes things to another level. (laughs) What was I talking about? I don't remember. (laughs) How can you be a helpful woman? Yes. So be helpful as unto God. When you do that, you are doing things unto God. Sometimes they will even fight you, but later they will celebrate you. So don't worry, do it as unto God, and you'll be blessed for it. Amen. Even the institution of Mother's Day, celebrating it, what we will do, Father's Day, I had to bring it about, you know, that let's have Mother's Day. We'll do this, we'll cut a cake, we'll do this. After that, we'll do this, and we'll do that, and we'll do that. Then when they get a hold of it, they take it to another level. So just find something to do in the house of God, and you'll be blessed. Amen. Amen.
2: We've just finished hearing this message and I cannot leave you without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to say, Lady Reverend Adley, pray for me. I don't know whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I'm not sure of where I will go or my destination. I want to make things right with God. I want to start afresh with God. I want Jesus to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. If you want to have Jesus as the Lord of your life, I just want to invite you to say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Take my life and come inside and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for coming to die for me, Jesus. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. And thank you that by this prayer, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus, come in and be Lord of my life. Amen.
1: It was great having you today. To find out more about the CDs and DVDs advertised on today's program or to find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward-Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward-Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.